Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. I'm really excited. Welcome back writer, actor, filmmaker, Elizabeth Grayson. She's an amazing lady. Um, one of the things she has started is something called Flapper Press, which she actually gave me a chance to work on. I've written several articles, but she's letting me do my first series on women in film. She also has a project for her flapper films called Generation Z, about the Generation Z generation and how they feel about the world. Also, she has some documentaries that she's working on. One is about uh, Lee Merriweather, called Lee. Um, There's so much happening. She's also special guest starring as a cameo row, recreating her Jane Austen in Joe Cronus, Capture the Kaiser. That will be coming out soon. We're still working on that. So here's Lee. Lee. <laughs> here's Elizabeth. And um, please don't call in because this is a um, recorded conversation with me and Elizabeth. Thank you. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sherry. Thanks for having me back. I am how so... Are you oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Well, counting my blessings and, you know, hanging in there and hunkering down like everybody else. It's weird, isn't it? It's so strange. Um, I know. It's just uh, unbelievable still. I, I mean, I'm, I know it's real because it's happening and I've done all that pandemic shopping. I'm the hunter-gatherer of the family, so... Uh, um, yeah, but it's just so bizarre, so bizarre. But, I, it's, but if you're in good health, so that's good news. So Yeah, I mean, that, that's how we are, too. It's funny because we had a lot of stuff stored because of earthquake preparedness, you know, like yeah. water uh-huh. and toilet paper and all that. So we didn't go crazy, and we had enough cat food for my cat. Um, <laughs> very important. Very important. But, yes. But... Um, the fresh stuff, that's what's hard, you know, like chicken and veggies and mm-hmm. all those, um, even sprouts, like, would run out of vegetables. Uh, my brothers okay. moved over to organics in order to... <laughs> right. Well, I use a delivery service. I used to use, it's uh, Farm Fresh to You. I, I don't think it's a nationwide thing, but it's, um, I, I was a member of this sort of um I don't know if it's a club, a co-op almost, but I quit using it because I couldn't get through all the vegetables that they were giving me, you know, whatever was in season, but uh, I started the account back up right when this all began, so I get a nice box of veggies and eggs and cheese. I could order chicken or whatever I want from them, and it appears on my doorstep once a week, so I've kind of avoided standing in line at grocery stores, which is um, amazing. Uh, it's I haven't really had to do that I haven't had that experience, so yeah, that's Still lucky. That's something that uh, my brother hates. He gets up at like six, five or six a.m. and he goes to the store then. Uh-huh. And that's a good goes, idea, though. And he says there's still a little bit of a line, but it's like four or five people. It's not like a line line. And yeah. he said, but he goes, it's just. You, uh, he, when he's waiting, uh, and he says it's like, like I said, it's a little line. He says, I can't yeah. imagine waiting in a long line because he goes, he can see the little marks on the thing for the longer line. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, oh no, definitely. Everyone has the demarcations of where you're supposed to stand, and yeah, it's uh, bizarre. But I mean, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, my friend Ippolita Douglascotti, who lives in Florence, Italy, and of course they've been going through this situation in a much more intensified way and uh, for a much longer time. So uh, she's just miserable because right now the weather's finally turned to spring and they can't go outside at yeah. all. I mean, you have to uh, fill out papers and you're stopped by the police if you know if you need to go do something. You have to prove what you're doing. So, I mean, and I know. I'm, granted, we don't live in New York either. I mean, so many people have are having such a rough time. Yeah. And, um, I feel pretty helpless. I, I hate that feeling. I can take care of my family, and I've donated things and donated money. Uh, I was signing up for a uh, to help with uh, delivering food to the elderly. Um, they said they weren't really doing that, but they needed people to shop. So if I can convince my family, then I will go do that, you know, put on the mask and the gloves and do that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think of myself as being, you know, 20 years old, and I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, you need to really think about that. I'm like, ah. So hopefully I can find something where I don't feel like I'm just twiddling my thumbs and being a spoiled white girl, you know. <laughs> I want to help, help where I can. So, I mean, what happens. there's a lot. I was, it's weird, okay. Last night, I just thought of this, and I'm like, who's taking care of the animals in, like, the San Diego Safari Park and the zoos? And and then I, I, I and, like, this is, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I just yeah. popped into what, what? my head. And so I pulled up um, the Safari Park, which is connected to San Diego Zoo, and they said, oh, we're, animals never sleep. They don't understand lockdown. We are taking care of them 24-7. Don't worry. And I'm like, <gasps> Yes, yes, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it's like uh, they, they can use one person to do a, a job, so it's not like they're um, having to do it in groups to take care of them. So that's good, though. I know, I hate those 3 a.m. I've had a lot of those, and not being able to sleep in general. Go to sleep, but I wake up at 3, it's just, ugh just a wave of it will hit you and it's very anxiety inducing I've been doing online yoga I've been doing all sorts of things just trying to keep my cool and of course eating and drinking too much so there you go I've got the whole thing going yeah me too oh have you tried Skype yoga yet it's so weird <laughs> I haven't Skype yoga but uh, there's a woman uh, her name is Lauren Mayer and she writes uh, one of the mind body um, sections of Flapper Press and she's a kundalini yoga therapist, actually. And she started writing for Flapper Press. And obviously her practice, both uh, her um, psychiatric practice as well as her yoga, um, is obviously all online now. So she started doing online yoga. So I've done that a couple of days a week. And if you go to uh, Breathe Deep Yoga on Facebook, you can find uh, access to the class. And she can give you the codes for the Zoom meetings um, but it's very, I don't, I've not done a lot of kundalini yoga. I've done a little bit of it, but um, it's interesting because it's just all breathing mm -hmm. and stretching, but it's just breathing. And I always feel amazing after. And then maybe a couple of hours later, I don't know what it is. It's like maybe life just, the wave of life comes crashing in on me or something. And I get very anxious again, but I'm very calm when I'm doing the class. So I do get a little bit of a respite there. Um, but it's helpful for sure. Yeah, because that's a that's a meditative yoga. I do 
I did I did that, and then I did the Hatha yoga, which is exercise yoga. That's more, yes, yes. So, I started. My sister is a personal trainer, um, and she started uh, a couple of my friends. We do a, a workout class with her. We had her first one last Saturday. It was hysterical. Very funny seeing everybody working out. <laughs> but we did it, and it was fun, and we're going to do it again. So um, I think anything you can do, you know, walk your dogs, whatever you can do to to get your blood flowing and um, get some fresh air, for sure. Oh, and I chased my cat. There you go. <laughs> whatever. Chase her in, in circles. What, whatever it takes. <laughs> She's like, in gets in this mood where she wants to be a brat and she starts doing stuff and then I, I'm, tr- I, I'm trying to get her so she uh, I can take her and put her out of my room so I can get my work done and then she's having me chase her all over the room so Aww. there's a little exercise there <laughs> that's great whatever pussycat exercise <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's very funny um, so what are we Start with Flapper Press, since I'm part of it. Okay. Um, first, uh, uh, how's it? Um, it, it's not different, but is it uh, more intense because of what's going on that you're doing? Uh, more people are focusing online, so is it increasing your um, your readership? And what's happening? You know, it's Flapper Press is such an interesting endeavor for me because. You know, I was an accounting major before I was an actor. I thought I was going to go to law school. So I, I have a real, um, I like putting things into columns and I don't know. So the, the flapper press, in a way, it satisfies my, the puzzle part of my brain that likes putting things together. And uh, I don't really, I mean, we don't have advertising or anything like that on the site because I just try to promote writers and artists and and. I have it there as a platform for people to express themselves, and then in turn, I hope that it inspires and informs the people who read it. But um, you know, I, I we get subscriptions here and there, but I don't really pay a lot of attention to it. I just keep doing it because, in a way, even though it's part of my puzzle brain, it's also uh, part of my art, I suppose. There's something about it. I don't. Maybe it's the writer side. I'm not quite sure. But it's uh, obviously the post uh, the pieces that people are writing now have a little bit different uh, feel because of what's going on. Uh, and we've acquired a couple of new people just at the time, like my friend Lauren Mayer, who, you know, has an expertise on how to, you know, how to keep calm, how to relax, how to deal with tension. And then there's another writer named Orsi Crawford who um, had a terrible experience with Lyme disease, and she's been dealing with that for the past five years of her life and she's just a wealth of knowledge and because of what happened to her she actually went back to school and and I don't know exactly what her degree that she's going for but she's learned all about nutrition and about health and wellness so they came along right at the time when this pandemic hit and I just consider it very fortuitous because they have a lot of important information just basic information that I think is value of, of value to people so I feel uh, lucky about that. And then, of course, we just have lots of poet. I'm getting a lot of poetry from the different poets who uh, write for the site. And they are, um, those poems obviously have a different feel because they're really uh, trying to process it through their art 
and uh, making beautiful poetry, but intense poetry is what, you know, it's it's different than what it was before. So um, it's an ongoing project, and we've, let's see, it was a year in October that it's been up and going, and we're com- always evolving. We've added a curated podcast section. I've started a series with uh, a wonderful uh, history teacher. Uh, his name is Will Bellamy. He's a uh, he's just an, a, a brainiac when it comes to American history and American presidents. He has a podcast called All the President's Man, Ooh. which is fantastic. I highly recommend that to everyone. He's very entertaining to listen to, but he's just he just can put it in context. And I think uh, we've been having these conversations. It just started last Monday. It's called Hist- um, Historically Speaking, and it's it sort of takes the ideas of what the Founding Fathers uh, intended when this country began, but we try to bring it into what's happening now with Congress and how, why things get gridlocked, why, uh, you know, federalism versus anti-federalism and all of these different concepts which I, you know, I, I, I liked history in school, but I just don't, I don't know it really like he does. So it's a free history class for me, first of all. <laughs> and but it's just an entertaining way of trying to make sense of what's going on now uh, by looking at the past. And of course, the first thing you realize, especially if you listen to his podcast, "All the Presidents Man," you realize the just constant repetition of patterns and how we really do not learn from our history. People should learn history because you would think that we would make some changes, but we don't. It just keeps going in cycles. So anyway, uh, so there's that. What else did we have new? Uh, Me? My, yes, my, that's my right. silent film? series, The History of uh, Women in Silent Film. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And, and the... Uh, the readers really, really are enjoying it. It's so romantic, and fortunately, I can pull so many amazing images from the Internet of these fantastic women, Mary Pickford, and just gorgeous, gorgeous work. And I love, there's something very calming about reading about them. I don't know why, but I just think people need, <coughs> excuse me, that kind of information right now. It just sort of takes your mind off what's going on. So I love that series. I'm so glad you're writing it. Thank you. I I also think it's really interesting how, you know, that there was always powerful women in Hollywood and in New York when it was in New York. Um, But people just kind of, it kind of vanished. People, the, it was buried and now people are finding out about it. And it's just, it's so interesting. Um, I, I, the more I dig into it, the more fast I, I my next one I'm like, Can I do this one please? Because I'm excited yes, about you can do whatever you want. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really and I didn't realize that about a lot of the uh the initial uh silent film actresses that they did everything mm-hmm. in production. They mm-hmm. directed, they wrote, they were behind the camera, they acted of course and they ran studios and oh it's just Wonderful, and it's such a shame that that was sort of squashed, you know. And now, of course, now there are more female directors, but it's they're still underrepresented in Hollywood, of course. But um, it's it's amazing to look back on that past and think, oh, they were the the founders of the industry. It's it's fantastic, and and it's funny because a lot of 
the um, powerful women, some were very feminine, like Mary Pickford, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and some were, like, had to be masculine in order to get the, like Dorothy Arzner, she had to be mm-hmm. very masculine in order to get the respect of the crew. And mm-hmm. because she was a she was a director, um, uh-huh. and, uh, it's it's really fascinating how women adapted themselves, and they were all married, and they all had affairs, and they were all you know normal full blooded women, but they were so focused on their careers. It was, uh, mm-hmm. and this was nineteen ten to nineteen nineteen twenty nine. I mean, women yeah. were as focused on their careers then as we are now. That's amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. <clears throat> I was just talking to one of my great, great friends, and he had just seen, I don't know if it was a video or if he had just heard a podcast or something, but it was about Barbara Streisand uh, doing Prince of Tide. Mm-hmm. And she'd already done Yentl by that point, but how I, whatever he saw was all about her kind of suffering at the hands I mean I have no idea what her temperament is and what she would be like to have as a director I'm sure she's pretty exacting and a bit of a perfectionist but uh, they would just you know at the end of the day they'd go alright that's it that's production's over and she had no because she was sort of the only woman on set the men would kind of gang up on her a bit and just give her such a hard time you think oh my god but I mean including the actors Including the man, yes. the actors, they were just as bad as the crew. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. Yeah, you were just. It was like it was. I when I read that, I was a little surprised because she's such a powerful lady. But I know, you only she's have had such a successful film already. Yeah, with, uh, Oscars yeah. and everything. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. I know. Well, Whatever. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, I mean, and she's such a talented woman that you wouldn't think that. I mean, in every aspect, and she, just she when she did her music, well, she still does it, but when she does her music, she um, ha- she basically is completely in control of what goes in it, how it works, oh, yeah. the orchestration, the arrangement. Every part of it, even though she hires the best people to do it, she's she's a partner with them. So it must be really difficult for her to be in film where she can't be. Right. Well, she hasn't made a film in a long time, has she? She's uh, it's so much work. I'm sure she's like whatever. I'm over it right now. I know. Have you seen Have you seen those wonderful? I don't think it's the duets. Uh, one of her duets albums, and you see each star come in and duet with her and it's really interesting to watch. Um, I love them. And yeah. Yeah, they're really entertaining. She's so wonderful. She's so great. I know. And yep. it's just um yeah. her uh, her duets and Tony Bennett's duets are some of my favorites cuz they're just Oh yeah. They they take they take whatever kind of music is it doesn't matter and it, they just work it for the arrangement, and they have both ha- whoever the duets with. They just have so much fun. Um, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah. So I I know the industry is shut down right now, but I know you're working mm-hmm. on some documentaries. Are you doing them from home? 
Oh yeah. Uh, I, you know, I I don't really. In fact, I well, I don't really act anymore that much. I, I work uh, in theater a bit, but um, yeah, I, I, documentaries take a bit of time. I'm still working on my Lee Merriweather documentary. I spent the past year um, getting more interviews and uh, more footage. I went to Atlantic City and filmed a couple of interviews with Miss America, former Miss Americas and got great footage of Lee on the beach in Atlantic City and, you know, just add, adding to the film. Um, and <clears throat> when I came back here, we last summer we were invited, uh, former Miss Americas were invited to perform with the Pete, Mar Pete Martini Orchestra. Do you know who that is? Pete no, Martini? I don't. They're a wonderful um, orchestra out of uh, Portland, Oregon. And uh, former Miss America, um, Katie Ebner, is, lives in Portland. So she invited us. <clears throat> we all came on stage at the Hollywood Bowl and performed uh, with Pete Martini three nights in a row. And Lee came on the final night, which was amazing. And we have footage of that. And, of course, the crowd went wild because she was the last one who was introduced. There were probably 15 of us, something like that. And she was the... Uh, oldest living Miss America who uh, came that evening and of course the crowd went wild and it was you know it was fantastic so I'm in the process of just um, bringing all of that new footage into the film I'm trying to you know it started as a sort of a short 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 like a 15 minute and then the more interviews that I did and the more footage and archival uh, photos that I acquired uh, it just got longer and longer and then at a certain point it was it's probably at 45 minutes now and this is before adding all the new stuff to it so I'm trying to get it to 60 minutes so I can you know possibly sell it to uh, Netflix or someone someone like that PBS someone but so it needs to be at least an hour long so that's a process um, but I'm pulling back in one of my first uh, editors who I ever worked with as uh, when I started making films he was actually the editor uh, supervising editor for Highlander, the series, and for Highlander, the Raven. So he's a great friend of mine. His name is Don Panessa, and he's expressed interest in helping me uh, finish the film. So I'm very excited about that. I sort of lost my editor. He went on to another project, and uh, but Don's interested in helping me, and I'm just thrilled because he's just got such an amazing eye, and I trust him implicitly on if something is working or not. So. Um, yeah, so I'm still working on that, and I'm actually trying to learn. I took classes uh, learning um, Adobe Premiere uh, for editing, and uh, I'm hoping I've got so much footage of so many different projects that are it's all in the can. But I've had to really prioritize what project I was working on because it all costs money to hire editors and everything. But I'm trying to learn the basics so I can at least assemble some of the. Uh, pieces that I have. I have a wonderful uh, series of interviews with the cosplay people. When I went to um, Tucson, Arizona for the Tuscon, uh, this is when I wrote Shalili. I went to a, it was a sci-fi fantasy um, book convention, but it's a huge uh, cosplay community there, and I met some amazing people, and I've got these great interviews, but it's just been sitting there, so that'll go, that'll be in the lineup pretty soon. But um, the main thing I've been working on this past year is another documentary project called The Gen Z Collective. 
I started interviewing kids about two, well, three years ago now. So when I, it started when I first attended the first Women's March in Los Angeles and started getting interviews with young people, uh, asking them you know, what they thought about the world and the future. And uh, it sort of has just continued on, did interviews in New Jersey, in Arkansas, out here in California. And then I just attended many more marches over that period of time, the science marches, the you know, guns, um, gun rights uh, marches, just all sorts of things. So initially it sat on the shelf for a while, and then I listened to a pretty grim uh, NPR show. And I don't know the author's name, but he was talking about the state of the world in terms of climate. And it was it was actually the last time I'd listened to the news in the morning because I was like, oh, my God. By the time everyone left for school and work, I was just depressed. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Not that I didn't know about climate change, but it was just he just made it so cut and dried and so real. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do? You know, I just felt sort of helpless. And I thought about all this footage I had because these kids are so impassioned and so um, articulate and informed and obviously incredibly concerned about the climate. So I thought, all right, instead of making a documentary about these kids, I'm going to do something for them. So we decided, uh, along with my producing partner, Sandra Marbase, who lives in Arkansas, to kind of split up everything into really short, short films, anywhere from 20 seconds to 10 minutes. And we've launched a website called GenZCollective.com, where uh, these films, we post a new film every, I think it's every five days. But in, there's a YouTube channel, Gen Z Collective YouTube channel, and all the films are uploaded onto Instagram. That's because that's where mainly, you know, that's where young people actually spend their time. They don't spend time on Facebook or anything like that. But what happened uh, during this, the idea was to get kids to submit their own films, like iPhone films. Or now it's to submit poetry, to submit music, anything that they want to express, whatever their way of expressing themselves is, they can submit it to us and we'll post it. Uh, but what, what happened in the process was researching all the different organizations and all the issues that are important to the Gen Z demographic, I realized that there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of help for young people but there's no central place that makes it easy to find what you want very quickly, even quicker than just doing a search. So we've created this database that is uh, ever-growing, uh, ever-evolving. There's a Find Help section and a Connect section. So the Connect section will have everything from um, how to write your congressperson, you know, how to... Um, uh, how to get connected with uh, what uh, activism, activism products are going on in your community or in your state. Um, and then the Find Help section is obviously just everything from anxiety, body issues, climate change, uh, how to apply for college, just everything we can think of. So it's a growing database. And I don't know what's going to happen with the whole project in general because it feels like it needs to be much bigger. And um, we're just working on doing as much as we can to promote it and to build it. But I, I don't know, I sort of foresee that in the future I would be giving it to someone else to do, someone who has more 
resources and more power. Um, so we'll see what happens with it. But it's been very um, rewarding and interesting. I've met a, a, so many inspiring young people, and I, as I always say, you know, I I walk away from these interviews feeling hopeful. And uh, granted, a lot of this has happened before the coronavirus, but um, you know, when we come out of this, they those concerns are there and I'm sure they're even more concerned about the future and I do feel hopeful that that generation well out of necessity they will they have to save us you know and uh, I'm I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help them with that process and I have a 14 year old daughter so I'm obviously very invested in trying to make the world as good a place as I can in the process so anyway it's been a great it's been a great project to work on I think it is really cool that you're doing this project because, I mean, it's really important that old fogies like us hear about when the kids speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what's good, too, is that I can use Flapper Press because, like I said, the, the, the platforms where Gen Z Collective lives, uh, it's mainly for that generation. Um, so Flapper Press, I can do interviews with kids, young people, or experts who work with that generation uh, and promote it that way as well, because it is interesting, because I don't think, you know, older people don't understand a lot about that generation because they're not, you know, digital natives, they're not, you know, it's a different world, a totally different world, and it's fascinating. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm able to use Clapper Press in a way. I've started a category called Future Tense because uh, just everything from green products to getting young people to write for the site because I think it's important what we need to know what they're thinking. So oh, yeah. It's been pretty interesting. Yeah. I, to be honest, I mean, sometimes when I hear kids talking, I don't even know what they're talking about, and it's, kind of sad. It makes me feel really old. Um, (laughs) Anything that can help that generation gap is a good thing. (laughs) Yes, totally. Totally. But, you know, my daughter won't have anything to do with it because, you know, her mom's doing it. Of course. But, you know, you know, it's very, it's very interesting. She just rolls her eyes and says, okay, boomer. (laughs) So I'm like, That's normal, though. I mean, you, you, oh yeah, yeah. Your mommy's totally doing normal. it, so I'm not going to have anything to do with it, as far as I can That's get right. away from it. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, uh, I know that everything's been shut down. So, mm-hmm. what are you doing for your time? Um, are you? What are you working on? Are you writing yourself? I mean, what what are you doing? You know, I'm I'm always amazed that it's. I look at my clock. It's like it's eleven o'clock again. <laughs> it's like what happened to the morning? <laughs> Every day since this has happened, um, I just have a list of things to do all the time. Not only am I like the hunter gatherer, I am. Uh, my husband's employed. He's working on an animated film, so you know we're very lucky that he's employed. Um, and my daughter is just started up with online schooling. But I'm, you know, working on Flapper Press, working on the different film projects, 
I'm also a painter, and I've actually taken up macrame. <laughs> I do all sorts of things. Plus, I'm I cook a lot. I'm a I'm a I'm a cook, so I seem to be doing a lot of that. And um, interesting little projects. You know, I work uh, with the Lineage Dance Company. I collaborate with them all the time. And Hillary Thomas is the artistic director and founder of that organization, and she is definitely a creative leader. And uh, she's also a science teacher at a high school, a pretty prestigious high school in Southern California. And she's given us, uh, all of her people she collaborates with, lots of projects. So we end up doing all sorts of things uh, that feel kind of like homework because it's coming online and it's almost like an assignment. But we've been doing all sorts of interesting projects. And I'm I'm curious to see, We I just filmed a segment from a book called, I think it's called The Delights. I don't actually have the book, I just had the actual piece that she wanted me to uh, film myself. It's like a monologue. I don't know what she's going to do with it. So, I mean, all the creatives I know are still doing that, and we're kind of feeding off of each other and encouraging each other and spending a lot of time on Zoom. And, um, you know, I do, my sister is, is a personal trainer. She's started an exercise class. I've done that. I've done the Kundalini yoga classes with Lauren Mayer. I've, you know, and then it's time to cook dinner and it's cocktail hour. <laughs> it's been the day to end again and then we wake up and start again. Oh, it's all over again. strange. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, it's it's yeah. interesting how people that are creative are still being creative. They're just doing it at home. Even, even yeah. actors are doing like Skype, um, Skype things that they're like yeah. acting with each other via Skype. Um, <laughs> so everybody's still. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the screen for sure. But I I keep having to go back to it. It's fun. I mean, we're so lucky that we can do all of these things. That we can stay connected. And for creative people, it is a, an amazing. Op- oh well, one of the other things I'm doing, which is so much fun, I'm doing an online tarot. It's called Tarot and Cosmos 2020 with two of my writers for Flapper Press, Brandon Alter and Angel Lopez. Brandon writes, he writes some of the spirit posts, but he also does the terascopes, which come out every month. And Angel is an amazing astrologer. I highly recommend both of them for, if you're into that stuff, I've had my charts read by Angel. He's fantastic. I mean, I was just blown away by what he sort of picked up about who I was and, um, you know, giving me a roadmap for the year to come. But I, they've done this class online. It's a 12-week class and um, kind of doing a deep dive into uh, tarot. So I'm learning a bit about that as well. That's like one night a week, but it's it's been a blast. I don't know if I'll do it again, but I highly recommend that to anyone as well. If that's, if that's your, um, you know, what you like, then do it. It's a lot of fun. I have the weirdest story about that tarot card. Um, I, I okay. actually can do tarot. Um, oh, okay. I, I was really deep in, in the 80s was a big thing and I was in college in the 80s and, and I went to this tarot reader that was near my college and I sat down and we had and she did an amazing reading and then at the end of the reading she brought the tarot deck together put it in a box and handed it to me and she says you're meant to read these and just gave it to me I I never since have had one like that. It was one off, but it was really 
I, I learned how to read them. <laughs> ah, so you really know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, That's I have, great. now I, I have, I, I still have that deck, but I have two more decks, too. <laughs> Uh, I, I've ordered a beautiful deck. I, it has, I, I think it's coming from Canada um, because I, on the class, you know, I could see someone's deck and it was just gorgeous illustrations. So hopefully it'll come soon. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I pull cards every day for myself. Uh, just, I think it's a way of focusing your energy and sort of create. So uh, I don't use it as a predictive thing. I use it more just to, you know, what do I need to be thinking about today? What, where do I need to focus my energy? I, I really enjoy it. I find it relaxing. I do that, and I do tra- um, TM as well, so I meditate, and I do my cards, and I'm learn- learning how to do shamanic journeying through Brandon um, Alter. He's I'm just into all sorts of things now. It's, it's fun. I have a good time. My, my grandmother used to read uh, palms and pretend she had a fake crystal ball, and <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, steeped in all of that stuff. It's just part of who I am, I think. It's all good. It was, it was, uh, mine came from celebrity in a way. I was, I read, uh, Shirley MacLaine's Out on the Limb. That's oh, gosh, yeah. it for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I remember that when it came out. Yeah. So that's where I started the spiritual stuff. But, I mean, and I think it's a good dimension to look at. It, it, it makes you, it, whether you believe it or not, it's a great way to focus. Um, yes. it, it led me to some really healthy things like yoga, meditation, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and I still every like you said, every once in a while, I pull out the old tarot cards and look at it. See, especially when you're down, it's a really good thing to do when you're down. Sure, definitely. <laughs> well, you, I mean, I really encourage people to to uh, go to flapperpress.com and and uh, look at Brandon's tarot scripts for. Yeah, they're good. A monthly reading, and they're really fun, and they're really, I don't know, he's just, he's such a good teacher, and it's such a good um, study of human nature and uh, energy, and I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm very helpful, I think. Yeah, I love them. I, I read them. I like them. Oh, good. Oh, good, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Um, we don't have a lot of time. Um, you've been on the show before, but could you give your information for the... Instagram, Facebook, uh, your your website, all that good stuff so people can look at. Sure. On, uh, well, it's flapperpress.com, and that's the blog portal and uh, artist portal as well. Uh, the Gen Z Collective, it's just genzcollective.com. It's where you can see all of the films. And there's Flapper Press at flapperfilms.com, uh, which just basically, I think most of my short films are actually on that site, or you can link right to them through that site. You can find me on Instagram at Flapper Press and at uh, Flapper Films and TGZ Collective. Um, and the same on Twitter. And I think that's me all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to thank you for um, taking time out and coming and chatting with me because we haven't chatted for a while and I'm really excited. Oh, um, Elizabeth is, right now it's delayed because my editor is doing emergency services for New York City Transit. So, unfortunately, um, Joe Cronus, uh, too, has been delayed. Um oh. But Elizabeth's going to be Jane Austen again. 
<laughs> a little bit here and there, right? Yeah. 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 Thank you for having me do that. That's, that's going to be fun. Yeah. So I just wanted to give well, you a little... get your editor back soon. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's exa actually he's quite exhausted. Um, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but I just want to well, let people know that she's one well, of my wonderful cameo appearances. Oh <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having me on your show again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank and you. And keep yourself safe and healthy, and hope to see you soon. Thank you, and thank Thanks. you for chatting with Sherry. Sure.